We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor here at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, a National College football writer here at SportingNews.com. And, uh, Bill, I know you have had a fun few days snowing and sub-32-degree weather, uh, but I hope you are ready to talk a little college football. Yeah, I watched some college football over Merry, Merry Christmas to all our listeners. Merry Christmas to you. I hope it was good. It was great for me because the Packers won, and that made for a better day. Um, making Tua Tungvaloa throw three second-half interceptions. But I watched a lot of college football, too. I watched uh, the Hawaii Bowl. I watched last night, I watched the what was it, the Detroit Bowl now with New Mexico State and Jerry Kill. And I like I tell you all the time, you can't tell me bulls don't mean something to Jerry Kill, who's coached as long as he has, won his first bowl game last night. And, you know, I work forward to the – I think we've had 17 go off, four today. Uh, halfway home on the bulls already. It goes fast. Yeah, it's great. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh, we got uh, – where I'm living up here, a little bit north of Atlanta, we got about half an inch of snow, um, and it's going to be gone by uh, probably 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So – but the rest of the uh, college football world will be focused here in Atlanta and in Phoenix. Uh, Ohio State and Georgia, of course, are already here getting ready for the Peach Bowl, the CFB semifinal on Saturday night. And then, of course, we got Michigan and TCU out playing in the Fiesta Bowl earlier on Saturday. So before we kick off this uh, before we kick off this show, we want to go through and uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some of the quarterbacks that are changing, changing schools, uh, important quarterbacks. Uh, and then we will get into, uh, I got a trivia question for you. It's going to be, I think you can do it. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I think you can do it. Uh, we'll go into our confidence contest, the bowls. We'll have our third set of picks. We're going to go through all the New York six games. And of course the, the college football semifinals. And then I will give the trivia answer at the end of the show. Bill, let's let's start off just with a little bit of news. Within the last half an hour, uh, Pete Thamel from Sports Illustrated uh, reported that Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman is entering the transfer portal. He just led Wake Forest to a victory over Missouri, uh, and he is uh, Pete thinks he might land at Notre Dame, and that was an interesting one because we saw about a half dozen starting quarterbacks or potential starting quarterbacks find new homes last week. None of them had picked Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been in the market. They've been public about being in the market. I was wondering what was going to happen with Notre Dame. We might have had a, We might have our answer. Yeah, and Hartman, obviously, quarterback. The protection failed him late in the season, not in the bowl game. The bowl game, he played well. He took a heck of a shot in that bowl game, too, but he got up and uh, they obviously won by 10. And I mean, he fits what Notre Dame tries to do for sure. Give him a veteran quarterback. I still think Marcus Freeman's going to have to recruit one in-house and develop him that way and not play fast and loose with the portal every year because you can get burned. But that would be a get. And, you know, of all these guys, there's one other one we're going to talk about here in a second that I like the fit a little bit more. But I mean, Hartman certainly could have a lot of success at Notre Dame. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, his offense at Wake Forest was very unique. And so how much of it was that mesh that he really learned how, you know, I don't think Notre Dame's going to do the mesh thing. So he is going to have to get in there in the springtime and figure out what's going on and compete with Tyler Buckner, who it looks like he's going to get, you know, a shot to to play in the Gator Bowl. He's been out for three months. We'll see what that looks like. Um, that will be a piece of the puzzle, too. So, you know, I'm sure Buckner and and is looking at it as he's going to compete for the starting job. And, um, you know, I'm sure Marcus Freeman didn't promise the job to Hartman. So it'll be interesting to see how that one shakes out. Um, so last week or within the last, yeah, probably last week since we recorded, uh, DJ Uangalale committed to Oregon State. Uh, Devin Leary's transferring to Kentucky. Graham Mertz going to Florida. Drew Pine, Notre Dame's old quarterbacks, going to Arizona State. And then Hudson Card announced he's going to Purdue. Uh, of course, Jeff Brom is gone at this point, but the, the Texas starter was in demand. He was one, or, or former starter, he was one I thought might go to Notre Dame, uh, but obviously he's going to Purdue. What were your thoughts on any of those guys uh, as they announced? Yeah, I, I like Uangalele to Oregon State a lot. I watched Oregon State's bowl game, and you, know, you go into that game thinking, hey, Florida's going to knock them around a little bit with SEC guys, and Oregon State just mauled them. And I know Florida was shorthanded and didn't have the right quarterback in, but, I mean, DJ Yoangalele going there, going back to the West Coast, there might be a comfort factor there, nine-win team. They haven't had an NFL-caliber quarterback in years. I mean, you may have to go back to, like, Sean Mannion, something like that. Uh, and he'll, he'll fit in well, and I, I was thinking about it. Now you got – Oregon, Oregon State could be Bo Nix and DJ Yawangalele, two five-star transfers playing against each other next year, and that could be a lot of fun. So I like the fit there. I like Leary at Kentucky, and um, you know, I, it's it's one of those that the other guys don't excite me as much. Hudson Card obviously could have some success depending depending on what Purdue's uh, offense looks like, but you know, to me, it's the other guys are almost interchangeable at this point. And the thing about DJ Uangale, I looked it up. Oregon State was one of the, they <laughs> an amazing balance. They had tw- I think twenty four hundred rushing yards and twenty four hundred passing yards last year. He's you know under Jonathan Smith, he's not going to have to 
carry the load and be expected to throw for 4,000 yards. And I think that is what he needs. They, you know, they have a reputation for being able to run the ball. And uh, like I said, very balanced. And so that'll take some pressure off him. I think being at Oregon State is going to take some pressure on yes. off him. And um, yeah, I when I looked at the group, I thought that the same thing, that that was a good landing spot for him. Uh, names still out there. Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina, is playing tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday. Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State, and Brennan Armstrong, Virginia, who uh, you know had a great season two years ago. This year did not have a great season, but uh, the lefty wants to land uh, somewhere else. Who are this group? Are you keeping your eye on? Well, McCall for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting a quarterback that has 78 touchdown passes and eight interceptions and has elevated the Coastal Carolina program. I mean, Spencer Sanders has been linked to Auburn. Brennan Armstrong, a, a guy that I've said it a couple times, he's Virginia's all-time leading passer. He can definitely have some success somewhere, but McCall's the one. I think he's the prize. And Hartman, Hartman, if Hartman goes to Notre Dame, he's probably going to be viewed as the prize, but uh, McCall is right there, and I'm very interested to see where he ends up, how he plays in this bowl game. Um, you did an awesome feature on him earlier in the year, and you know he's meant so much to that program. Now, sometimes those features don't work out the way you want because we were hoping he would get to the New Year's Day Six Bowl, but uh, selfishly, I was. But um, it doesn't happen sometimes. But I think his career is far from over, and I, I actually like him to get a shot at the next level whenever that happens. Yeah, I would imagine Notre Dame looked at him too. And, uh, you know, I don't know all the behind the scenes kind of stuff. So we'll see. Hopefully they play well without Jamie Ch- Coach Jamie Chadwell. They they faded down the stretch uh, when Chadwell was kind of looking at Liberty. So that wasn't a great finish for Coastal Carolina. But we'll see what happens in their bowl game against East Carolina later on today. Time for some Trochi trivia. And then we'll get into our confidence contest. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Here's the question. I think, I think it's going to be it's going to be you're about gonna, Alabama because you slacked something about Alabama. That's no, that was just random uh, fact I I kind of dug up in my in my research, but um, I was research, researching something else that I will I will uh, let Uh-oh. you know later on in the show. But there were seven teams. Ranked in the preseason AP top twenty-five, that finished six and six or worse. <laughs> How many of those seven teams can you name? Seven teams in the preseason AP top twenty-five finished six and six or worse. How many can you name? We'll get back to that one at the end of the show. I got four for sure. All right. Like is so, it? But we'll get I, the keep last. Keep pondering. Couple, I'm trying to distract you while you make your pick. I got the first four like without even thinking. Um, so, so the last two could be tough. Let's review our confidence contest. We broke it into three parts: the early bowls, then we did second set of bowls that were non-New Year six, and then we're going to make our New Year six picks later on in the show. Uh, the the second uh, group of bowls that we picked is that we picked actually five bowls each. Coincidentally, it was 10 different games, but only one of the 10 have been played so far. That was Wake Forest beating Missouri. I got two points on that one. So I'm in the lead, I guess, technically eight to five. It was six to five after our first group. Uh, It's eight to five now. Uh, Just to review those, uh, my five-pointer was Oregon, minus 14 in the Holiday Bowl, LSU, minus 14 in the uh, Citrus Bowl, Minnesota minus 10 over Syracuse in the uh, pinstripe bowl. And then at one pointer, I've got Kentucky getting two and a half in the low scoring projected to be low scoring music city bowl against Iowa. You went with Texas as your five pointer in the Alamo bowl, Mississippi state plus two rely bowl, South Carolina over uh, plus two and a half against Notre Dame in the Gator bowl uh, coastal later on today, plus eight against East Carolina. And then, Ohio minus one, the alma mater in the bar stool. That's yep. is, is that later on today as well? Uh that is later. That's like one of the, the late ones. I think it's like December thirty first. Okay. So or December thirtieth. Okay. Um actually looking at it right now, December thirtieth. So time. I mean we'll see how they go, but I there's a couple that I'm like regretting after watching. Like I said, New Mexico State was one. Um 
Middle Tennessee State. That was another one. I was like, I'm getting these upsets right, so why didn't I just pick them? But uh, now we got to go to the money games, though, the, the ones that really matter, and we'll see who who has it in the New Year's Day six. All right, so what we'll do is we'll I'll talk, we'll go down the New Year's Day six bowls, all right, and leave the semifinals for last. We'll talk about the game, make our pick, and then just say how many points you are allotting that game. So we'll start off start off with the Orange Bowl, which is Friday. Uh, coming up, Bill, just a few days away. Friday, December 30th, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Clemson, five-and-a-half-point favorites against Tennessee. Uh, pretty funny this game is named the Orange or named right. the Orange Bowl with these two teams. I mean, geez. <laughs> right. Uh, let's start with the QBs. Clemson's going with Cade Klubnick, five-star freshman who looked terrific in the ACC championship game against North Carolina. Probably should have been Clemson's starter sooner than that. If he had, Clemson might have been in the college football playoff rather than uh, the Orange Bowl. But uh, DJU, like we said, he's uh, off to Oregon State. Uh, and this game will be club next. And I think there's a lot of anticipation that he's going to play well. Oh, for sure. And, and you look at that, I think this is the efficiency that he played with. I mean, 20 of 24 in the ACC championship game, yards per attempt, 8.2. I mean, that's a yard and a half better than DJ was when he was in. Uh, receivers were starting to win some more one-on-ones when he was in there. And I think he just adds more to that offense. So, I mean, that's the excitement factor for me. I know with Tennessee, it's it's too bad that Hooker and Hyatt aren't playing. Tillman's not playing. I mean, that's one of those that you can dance around it all you want. It takes away from the game for sure. And it, it, it almost puts more pressure on Clemson to win it. Yeah, it's always good to get your feet wet against the North Carolina defense. So let's keep that in mind with uh, Klubnik <laughs> playing uh, so well. North Carolina has made a lot of quarterbacks look good this year. Yeah, you said Tennessee, Joe Milton takes over a quarterback, the man with the cannon arm, not quite the uh, accuracy that you would want all the time. He's replacing Hendon Hooker, who tore his ACL in uh, the 11th game of the season. Um you know, clearly Tennessee's offense will not be what we saw for most of the season when they led the nation with 538 yards a game. Who's more motivated in this one? I mean, Clemson's season, you know, they wanted to be in the playoff. But you look at it, they were preseason number four. They're currently number seven. I mean, was it that much of a disappointment? I don't necessarily think so. But, you know, Dabo has built this thing into such a machine that anything short of the playoff is a little bit of a disappointment. And, of course, Tennessee, they're very motivated, right? I mean, they were, you know, not expected to do anything. And they had their their moments with the win over Alabama and the, just, you know, the huge showdown against Georgia and the national stage. So I think Tennessee, from a motivational standpoint, has the edge. Uh yeah, I well, maybe. I mean, they, they, they lost, like I said, their season changed when they lost Hooker. Yeah, that from that standpoint of, yeah, we're here, we're trying to build some momentum into next year and show that this isn't a one-off at ABC East, yeah. But, um, you know, South Carolina's got that momentum as well. South Carolina actually beat both of these teams. So I, I think for Clemson it is okay. The last two years the quarterback play hasn't been from the Taj um, – Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson level. I mean, it's unfair to ask for that. That's two NFL starters and your record-setting quarterback. But I think Klubnik will offer that hope. So it's it's about which team stays on schedule, which team avoids talk, tackles for loss. Uh, get a look at Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He's a beast. I, I didn't get to watch enough of him this year, so I'm kind of excited to watch him on the defensive side for Clemson. All right, well, I'm going to make my pick. I'm taking Clemson. I think the, the line's about right. Uh, Clemson by less than a touchdown feels right at five and a half. Tennessee's defense can be suspect. I don't think their offense is going to be up to the challenge. I like Klubnik, see what he can do. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to assign five points to that one. Yeah, I went three. Clemson for three, minus five and a half. Um, there's just that, you know, Tennessee could move the ball a little bit and, you know, it is SEC versus ACC, so that, that always has a little bit of heat. But I've got Clemson as well, minus five and a half for three points. All right, let's move to the Sugar Bowl. New Year's Eve, Saturday morning or Saturday at noon on ESPN. Uh, Alabama, six and a half point favorite. By the way, the, the six New Year's Six Bowls, two interesting stats about the, the New Year's Six Bowls. Five of the New Year's, New Year's Six, 12 participants 
were unranked to start the season. How about that? Yeah, yeah, that's that goes along with your trivia question. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State was a team that we talked about as a potential preseason sleeper. Chris Kleiman's done a great job. They're physical. They're running the football well. Deuce Vaughn was amazing. Um, they've taken that style. It's kind of unique to the – well, Bill Snyder won eight or nine games a year playing a little bit different than everybody else. And I think Kansas State kind of does the same thing. They're just a very physical team built in his image, and it's starting to show up. And, that you know, for them to get 10 wins, that was a really good year. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my stat was five of the 12 12- – NY six teams are were unranked in the preseason, and also all six bowl games, the largest spread is seven and a half. They're all just a Good. touchdown or less, which is Good. great. Yeah, it's not always the case, for sure. So in this one, the Sugar Bowl, it's great to have Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing. Of course, um, you know I'm sure they both have insurance policies that will cover things if they get injured, uh, and they can play free and try to win one more game in Alabama. Um, Alabama's in unfamiliar territory preparing for the postseason without being in the CFP mix. Last time they were here in this spot was 2019. I'm sure you remember Alabama beat Michigan in the Capital One Bowl by 19 points. So um, it's kind of a myth out there that when Alabama isn't, you know, playing for the national championship, they don't play well in bowl games. But, um, you know, the fact that Young and Anderson are playing should serve as some type of motivating factor. And, uh, you know, no one would have faulted them for sitting out. But uh, this is showing the game, you know, has some some importance on the Alabama side. Yeah, and they haven't been. I mean, it's a myth because, yes, they lost to Oklahoma and Utah and Sugar Bowl, but they destroyed Michigan State and Michigan in bowl games. So, I, you know, I with. I think this is a tone setter for the program. You know, I, I mentioned it on signing day that, that you could – I use the Star Wars analogies constantly with Alabama. It's the Empire Strikes Back again, and they just build another one. You think they're dead. Like, everybody, like, loves thinking that they're dead. And as long as he's there and as long as they recruit at the level they are, they're going to be a top-five team every year. And that's, like, starting into the preseason top 25s, which we'll have one here in a few weeks. But – um yeah, I, with the Anderson and Young playing and, and the talent that they have on both sides and the way that he politicked at the end, I, I don't see any way that this isn't a hyper-focused Alabama team on New Orleans on a, the Sugar Bowl night. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State. Or day. Sorry. Yeah, day. <laughs> Kansas State coming in off winning the Big 12 championship against TCU in overtime, <laughs> 31-28. Uh, they didn't trail in the final three quarters of that game. They got the big goal line stop in overtime and – avenge their loss to TCU. Uh, you know, Will Howard is a good QB. I don't know if he's capable of lighting up Alabama like Hendon Hooker did or even Jaden Daniels. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn is a terrific back. And I'm glad we get to see him one more time this year. Um, if KSU is to pull this upset, Vaughn, I think we'll have to have a big day. Oh, for sure. And, and then they're going to have to get turnovers. They're going to have – to have a lot of things go their way in, in, in this game. And they're going to have to, you know, Will Anderson's going to be showing some tape. They, they they have to be balanced. That That's what I put. One of the impressive things about Kansas State was, you know, 210 rushing yards, 210 passing yards a game. That's what most coaches strive for. I know Urban Meyer used to talk all the time about being a 250-250 team. If they can go for 200 each, they'd have a chance to win the game. But I think mm-hmm. you know where I'm leaning because I just i am not seeing it. Yeah, me too. I'll make my pick. And uh, yeah, I like Alabama. You know, Young has a lot of pride and is going to try to go out on top, try to go out on a high note. Nick Saban had a month to straighten out the, the penalties that have plagued this team all season. We'll see if that happens. Uh, the Sugar Bowl still means something to these guys in the SEC. I think Kansas State will put up a fight, but I think Bama's, Bama wins by more than the touchdown. But I, how many points did you do? Four. I did six. Uh, this is my just – this is it, Alabama. I would have – and I would tease it up to 10 if you gave me an extra point. I think this feels like Tim Tebow's last game type blowout to me, that mm. one team. And I like – like I said, it's no disrespect to Kansas State at all. They've had a great season, but this is one where I think the four- and five-star talent adds up. And if Alabama's focused and doesn't commit a lot of penalties in the passing game, and Kansas State isn't the type of team that – I think can challenge them in the air like Tennessee and LSU did. Um, it's going to be ugly. I, I like Alabama to make a statement heading into next year. I'm taking them for six. All right, all right. Now let's move on to the Cotton Bowl. 
Monday, January 2nd, 1 p.m. on ESPN. USC minus two and a half against Tulane. Uh, amazing turnarounds for both these teams. USC was four and eight last year, and Tulane was two and ten. And now they find themselves in the Cotton Bowl. Heisman winner Caleb Williams said this week he's confident his hamstring he suffered hamstring injury he suffered in the Pac-12 championship game loss to Utah is okay, and he will be ready for the Cotton Bowl. That's the case. This line seems suspiciously low, but Tulane is a good team. Uh, you know. USC was playing well at the end of the year, stepped up and played some pretty good teams before um, losing to Utah. But, you know, one factor we got to talk about is motivation for the Trojans. They were essentially in the college football playoff before that game against Utah, played their way out of it. Now they're playing a group of five team in a bowl game that they, they really won't get a ton of credit if they beat Tulane. Um, you know, it's hard to come down from that season closing three weeks of UCLA, Notre Dame, and Utah, Pac-12 title game, and and then facing sort of an unknown Tulane team, right? Right. Well, yeah, and this line is very suspicious because, like, at first glance, you're like, I mean, if Caleb Williams is healthy, they're going to score 40 points. Um, but Tulane being in that group of five spot, and here is one thing, and we brought it up in the trends in our preview that will be up later this week is, uh, the last four New Year's Day six bulls, the group of five team is lost by double digits, by an average of double digits. I mean, that includes Cincinnati. So I, I do think Pratt will make some plays. He's a good decision maker. If Tajay Spears can run the ball a little bit, he's an underrated running back. They're tough. Like Tulane's just tough. And I wonder how much that toughness in the running game will test, like you said, the Trojans. But uh, you know, again, I, I, I see this one kind of like I saw – a couple years ago when Oklahoma played Florida, I think it was the Sugar Bowl. Florida was shorthanded for sure, and Oklahoma just blistered them with, with the – was that – that was Kyle Trask sat, Oklahoma destroyed him. That's kind of what I'm sensing in this one too, especially if Caleb Williams plays. I'll say Tulane earned this spot though. I mean, yeah. they, the, the last two games they beat Cincinnati and UCF, two good teams. Uh, I was a doubter early, but Tulane proved itself to me with those two wins – uh, quarterback Michael Pratt has announced he's returning to Tulane. That's exciting for the program. No transfer. Uh, they're clearly going to be juiced for this game after completing that, you know, it's such a huge turnaround. Uh, you mentioned Spears. He's got seven straight 100-yard rushing games. Uh, USC hasn't been overly stout against the run this year. Um, that's going to keep Caleb Williams off the field a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm actually going to ride the wave here, Bill. I'm going to go with Tulane. They beat the Big 12 champ, Kansas State. Let's not forget about that. Uh, good running game. They're motivated. I'm going with Tulane in the upset for three points. Jeez. Wow. Okay. I got USC for five. I mean, I, I think I think they cover the two and a half. Again, I, I just as long as – if Caleb Williams plays and, and I don't win this pick, so be it. But I'm going to assume <laughs> that he plays. Um, they won't have Addison. They won't have Travis Dye, but they have other receivers that I just – don't think Tulane can cover. And then on the other end, Pratt's been great, but where this game could, could really hinge, you know, USC, as you know, they, they 19 interceptions this year. They lived off the interceptions. If they get mm -hmm. a couple picks, they can turn this game in a hurry. And again, I, I'm looking at Alabama and USC, why I had that confidence in both. I think both of those teams are going to make statements thing in like remind people, hey, next year we're going to be one of these playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we will move on to the Rose Bowl. Monday, January 2nd, 5 o'clock, ESPN, Utah. One-and-a-half-point favorite over Penn State. Uh, Penn State has not had a game decided by less than 10 points since the opening Thursday night game against Purdue, where they won 35-31. Uh, just blowout wins, two double-digit losses to Michigan and Ohio State. You know, they play elite teams. They didn't get the job done. You know, they handled everybody else impressively on their schedule to go 10 and two, uh, which is, you know, obviously and they're I think ranked number 11. So that's obviously a great season, but they didn't show out against the, uh, the top teams. And here comes another one in Utah. Oh, Frank, James Franklin needs this game more than anybody. I mean, they, they've lost 10 in a row to top 10 teams. Uh, one and one is an, un against the spread as an underdog. Yeah. They, they played Ohio state tough for three quarters, but then, just imploded. And I, you know, 
for Sean Clifford, the veteran quarterback. For this team, I think Penn State's going to be a hype team next year because with Drew Lahr, the freshman quarterback, with Nick Singleton at running back, they're losing some guys on defense to the NFL, but they have talent in the secondary, and they get Michigan at home and Ohio State. It will be a huge game for them next year. I, this is a giant, but everybody's always going to default back to what they used to default to with Harbaugh is Franklin can't win big games. And this is another chance to do it. He's He is pretty good. He's been in three New Year's Day six games. But then on the other side, I think Utah, Cam Rising, they've got I, – I would be so much more confident in this game if they didn't have like guys like Clark Phillips and Dalton Kincaid and, and Tavian Thomas out. And that's something mm-hmm. you got to factor in when you pick it. Yeah, definitely. Kincaid especially. Um, I don't know. I just – got to ask yourself, if Penn State was playing USC – who would be favored? I would think it would be USC. Utah right. beat, beat them twice. Um, so that's the pick for me. I think Cam Rising uh, gets it done for the Utes. And uh, it's going to be a, a spectacular game. They played great in the Rose Bowl last year. And I think they get it done again this year. I'm actually taking Utah minus one and a half for my six-pointer. Yeah, I got them at minus one and a half for two. I just, I'm a little leery of it with those guys out in Penn State. When they played USC in this Rose Bowl a couple years ago, they, they, it was a show. It was a 52-49 great game. They lost. Uh, it was this, it was like one you watched and Saquon Barkley was actually the best player on the field, and they lost. Um, so it, it, it's always a great game to watch. It's a fun game. should be a good Rose Bowl, even with the guys missing. I think Porter's out too, I believe, but – you know, that balances it out. Porter, an All-American caliber corner. Phillips, a first-team All-American for us. I think they're going to go let, let it rip, have fun. Utah uses the experience from last year and wins the game. All right. We're, we only have one difference so far, right? That's the kind So far. Ball. So, so I know we got another one. I know we, we got it. another one. <laughs> I know we got – we're going to get into that very shortly. CFP semifinals will start – Actually, we've been doing chronological. Let's start with uh, TCU and Michigan. That'll be December 31st, 4 o'clock ESPN. TCU – actually, I don't have the spread in front of me. It's it's uh, Is it still seven and a half? Seven and a half, I think. Yeah. That's what TCU, I have on the preview. Seven and a half point underdogs to Michigan. Um, now, I said this – our predictions, as you referenced a little bit, um, Michigan has the better team, but I'm rolling the dice. I'm picking the upset. I'm picking TCU. Uh, I can't make the case TCU is the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. I've researched this. There have been 24 college football playoff games, seven upsets out of the 24. So underdogs are 7-17 seven and 17 straight up, uh, curiously. Of the seven college football playoff upsets, Clemson has four of them, and Ohio State has three of them. So only 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 those two teams have pulled off upsets. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean TCU is going to have to obviously get a big game out of out of Max Duggan and jump on the Wolverines early. They can't rely on their second half comeback thing because Michigan knows how to drain the life out of a game. You know, uh, the Frogs are going to need some turnovers, force JJ McCarthy into obvious passing situations. And uh, really, you know, Michigan's capable of, of playing a shootout type of game. But, you know, I just think Michigan has not played very many close games this year. TCU has lived in the close game scenario. I think they can go back and forth. The later it gets, Michigan might get a little tighter. And, you know, TCU just has this belief. I talked to a bunch of people when I did that Sonny Dyke story of, you know, the belief of being collectively better than they are in terms of in not you know better together than individually and you know i just think it's going to be a close game and in the end they can pull it off that would be the recipe for that to happen and i think on top of it max duggan would have Ed, we did some research for a story this year one of the better deep ball passers in the game 50 percent on passes of 20 yards or more 18 touchdowns problem with that is michigan is the best defense they've faced. This isn't Kansas State. Kansas State gave TCU problems. This is Michigan's defense is better than Kansas State. Um, Will Johnson on Quentin Johnston is going to be a fun matchup to watch. And, you know, you mentioned those teams that had the upset, but how many of those upsets did the roster, which TCU, and this is a default to Ari at the Athletic, who 
preaches this all the time. TCU has one five star and sixteen four stars. That that's not a national championship roster. Michigan, who was believed not to have enough talent against Georgia last year, has three five stars and forty one four stars. Think that talent adds up in a game like this? I think Michigan runs the ball well. You're right. If they can press McCarthy a little bit into making some throws, they could run into trouble. I think we'll be close at halftime, and I. I'm just going to follow the model. I think Michigan does what they did against Penn State, Ohio State. They did have one close game against Illinois. It's not like they – and they were in real trouble in that game without Blake Corum. So I, I just think the Wolverines pull away in the second half. And, and it, But it's not – like everything you said, if you followed Michigan football as long as I have, everything you said is not out of the realm of possibility. Like I, I think TCU absolutely could win the game. I just – Against that defense, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to build the case for Michigan for sure. I mean, they have they know how to win. They can they can throw it, they can run it, and you know, if they start running the ball down TCU's throat, it's going to be a long day for TCU. So that's that's going to be one key to keep an eye on early in that game. One thing that some people I was talking to about TCU and the talent level that they have. They brought in some transfers, of course, that were impactful on the defensive line specifically. But the, in recruiting the latter stages of the the Gary Patterson era, they were consistently third in the Big 12 behind Texas and Oklahoma. It wasn't the recruiting that kind of tailed off as much as just the one loss record and, and the performance and how Patterson was relating to players and things like that. But the talent was there. Um and, you know, Dykes has unlocked it, clearly. Uh, and, and Duggan has played, you know, terrific uh, ball here as a senior. So we'll see. Um, you know, like I said, easier to make the case for uh, Michigan than it is TCU. But I'm going to go with TCU, my one-pointer. I'm, pull, I'm going with the upset. I assume this is your four-pointer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is. I got Michigan four minus seven and a half. I think I predicted 34 to 23, 34 to 24. And I I just keep going back to that stat for a piece I did on JJ McCarthy. I spoke, it'll run later this week at Sporting News, spoke to Desmond Howard and McCarthy really started hitting the deep ball in those last two games. And if they have that, if they, if McCarthy hits those deep passes against TCU, this game's not going to take long. If McCarthy can hit those passes in the championship game, if they win, Michigan can win the national championship. I, I didn't think they could win the national title last year. I thought they were happy to be here, but I think they could actually win it this year. Yeah, no question. Um, it would be an interesting rematch with Georgia, to say the least. All right, let's move over to the Peach Bowl. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State, December 31st, New Year's Eve, 8 o'clock on ESP. PN, excuse me, from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia enters as a six-and-a-half-point favorite is the last line I saw. You, that what you that's, got? That's what I got. It okay. hasn't – it's stock, Bill. It hasn't – that line hasn't moved at all. Like, it, I think it opened at seven, ticked down a half point, and I thought maybe there will be some movement either way. Maybe that would climb up to seven-and-a-half. So that means that the betting is pretty even, right? Mm-hmm. So it, this ought to be good. I uh, looked Ohio State, of course, entering the game with a loss. I looked in the history of the CFP. There's three teams previously who have entered the CFP with a loss. 2017 Alabama won the national championship. 
2020 Notre Dame got beat in the semifinal and 2021 Georgia won the national championship. So two of the three entered the game with a loss like Ohio State and like TCU and went on to win the national championships. Thought that was that was interesting. So the matchup everyone wants to see in this game is what? Ohio State's offense against Georgia's defense. Right? Ohio State, tons of firepower, tons of big names, number two scoring offense in the country, 45 points a game. Georgia's defense somehow replaced all those draft picks last year and is almost as good this year as it was last year, almost as dominant and as athletic. Uh, it's fair to say this matchup could be a wash. Well, we will go back to the talent. Uh, you know, I got this listed. Uh, Georgia, 15 five-stars, 53 four-stars. Ohio State, 14 five-stars, 52 four-stars. Now, that might be give or take a guy. I did that off 24-7 sports. I understand some guys are in the portal. But point being, this is a Sunday game. I call these Sunday games because all a lot of these guys are going to be playing on Sunday very soon. Um, Ohio State has enough talent to beat Georgia. They're not going to freak out talent-wise. It's a psychological thing. You touched on this in your prediction this week that we have at Sporting News that there is a lot of just negative energy up here in Columbus. You're going to feel it too when they come down there. I know you'll be at the game. It's mind-boggling to me that a team that is, if you said, you told any college football fan, you're going 11-1, you're going to be in the playoff, your quarterback's going to be like third in the Heisman voting, (laughs) your coach has a 90% winning percentage, You've won every game but one by double digits. They'd be like, yeah, dude, where do I sign now? Like, find the paper. And this half of this fan base is miserable right now. And I think all that changes if they go up 14 nothing in the first quarter. Like, I think this first quarter is so important for Ohio State. And one thing I was telling Tim May at Letterman Row, um, I talked to him quite a bit. If Ohio State came out and got like a turnover and a sack, emotionally, because Seth and Bennett hadn't been touched, I think it would just be a huge start for them and they could spiral from there. Yep. Yep. Um, and they, you know, I think like you said, you wrote a story this week that Ohio state fans will show up here. Um, and you know, it's, it's the, the home field advantage probably might not be as much of a factor as, as some people think. Um, but I figure if the, if the Georgia defense and the Ohio state offense play to a draw, well, you know, Ohio State's going to put up some points here and there. Georgia will get some stops here and there. Let's go the other side. Or you got Georgia's offense against Ohio State's defense. And here's where the game might be won for Georgia. I think the Bulldogs seem to be good enough to do what they want. Like their preferred formula is big plays early, then grind out the clock with a double-digit lead in the second half. And they got the three backs running attack. They, they wear you down. Uh, they're, they're equally capable in, in both areas on offense. So Ohio State's defense, statistically, it's okay. They rank 17th in the nation in yards per play. But a lot of that is the schedule. Ohio State played five offenses that were ranked 114th or worse in yards per play. Five. That's <laughs> half their schedule was 114th or worse. And just one top 40 offense the whole season. Which so, was Michigan, right? Right. It has to be. like So they. I'm like so, going through their schedule. This is, no, go I mean, ahead. This, well, this is where I feel like Georgia wins a game. You know, it's offense is going to win the battle. While the other side of the ball could be a split decision. And, you know, I, I, I do think also one other thing is you've talked about it. Georgia has owned the Big Ten in, in right. bowl games and Ohio State has struggled against SEC. And I think that's kind of a, a real thing too. So that's where I'm leaning for Georgia. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll see if Ohio state can handle, you know, a legit offense. But you bring up a great point because for me, I didn't realize that until you, I'm like going through all the offenses, Ohio state faced in my head and I'm like, Iowa Northwestern and you know, Penn state was, yeah, Penn State was consistent even, and they Rutgers, have Rutgers. Michigan State was not good offensively. Illinois, or did they play Illinois? They, didn't play they played. A, no, they didn't. Uh, they um, played. Wisconsin was bad. Um, yeah, they didn't play anybody. Else. Notre Dame had some success on them in the opener, even when after Buckner settled down. Um, but to your point, yeah, like Georgia, I, they. Here's the thing: the higher the score goes, the better the chance Ohio State has to win. 
if this gets up in the high 30s, and like you said, if they're playing back and forth, yeah, high state would have a chance. Georgia doesn't care. They can beat them that way, though. And they can also beat them the way that they beat Tennessee. Like, if Georgia won this game 27 to 13, like they did against Tennessee, you'd kind of be like, well, that wasn't a blowout, even though the Tennessee game was a blowout. That's the thing. You walk away from that Tennessee game thinking if Tennessee wanted to, if the game was in the 30s or the 40s, Georgia would have beat them anyway. Right. They would have beat them in the 30s That's, or 40s. Yeah. And they, but they, it was almost satisfying the way that they beat them physically and took that offense and just, hammered Hendon Hooker and that's the thing CJ Stroud this is his game we wrote about him a couple weeks ago that the legacy thing on him I think it's ridiculous but if he wins this game great if he loses and go to the NFL complicates it a little bit whether he likes it or not in Columbus that will there will be fans that think that he's got to be able to run a little bit but I just don't know that Ohio State's defense can consistently stop tight ends can consistently stop Georgia's offensive line running game. They have to get pressure on Bennett. JT Tui Mololau, I got it right, uh, has to get pressure on Bennett. Jack Sawyer, ha- they have to land. And that's the thing. Even when you pressure Bennett, Bill, you still might slip out and get get seven yards. So that that it's a long checklist for Ohio State. But again, I just it's not from a talent standpoint for me. And it's not from a crowd standpoint for me. I, I think you'll see when you go to the stadium – can't tell though they're wearing red and black and gray i don't know so you, you're not that won't be accurate whatever you guys say I w- i'll say 60 40 ish georgia yeah and uh, look this up this is georgia's ninth game in the mercedes-benz stadium and since it opened in 2017 which is just crazy they've this little uh, third game this season that they have played there they blew out oregon they blew out lsu and and now they have to face ohio state so I'm going to go with Georgia on the cover for two points uh, at six and a half. I got a high state covering still. I, just, maybe that's just living in central Ohio my whole life. And knowing Big 10 that, homer coming through. I got both. Yeah, the Big 10 homer factor. Um, I just, I think I had 33-28. I, I think even if it's a backdoor cover, I do think Georgia wins the game. But, I, you know, when you get that second life, that second chance, and I saw them do it in 14, this game isn't as the same as 14. Um, I think they come out and win. Now, if Georgia comes out and spanks them, what are we going to be writing on Sunday morning? That Georgia can't be stopped. So, <laughs> And they're going to go through both Big Ten schools to do it possibly. And that would just be – we'll see where I'm at from there. But, yeah, that, and I'll, I'll go different from you. I got a high state minus – we said six and a half. I'll yep. take the Buckeyes to cover that. All right. So we'll review here real quick. Uh, my six-pointer is Utah, uh, uh, minus one and a half in the Rose Bowl. And five-pointer is Clemson, five and a half in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Bama covering, I think six and a half, is it? In, six and uh, a half, yep. In the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Tulane with the upset, plus two and a half. In the Cotton Bowl, two points. I got Georgia covering six and a half. And my one-pointer, TCU, pulls the upset over Michigan. You... Uh, six points. You got Alabama making a statement in the Sugar Bowl. You've got USC two and a half uh, in the Cotton Bowl over Tulane. Your four pointer is Michigan covering the spread against TCU. Three pointer. You got Clemson covering and uh, two points. You've got Utah and a one point. You've got Ohio State covering the six and a half in a 33-28 loss here in Atlanta. Back to the trivia question before we get out of here, Bill. Seven teams. Seven teams were in the AP preseason top 25, and they finished six and six or worse in the regular season. How many of those seven teams can you name? Now, this is like if I was playing Club Euchre with some of my lacrosse dads, I would say, can, can I get a guarantee? I've got guaranteed five. I do have <laughs> guaranteed five. The last two, I don't know. Um, Texas A&M. Correct. They were preseason number six. I'm trying to do it in order to really show off. Um, Oklahoma preseason number nine. They went six and six. Miami. Miami was preseason sixteen. They went five and seven. Sparty, Michigan State preseason fifteen. They went five and seven. Wisconsin preseason eighteen. They went six and six. Now I know this team's ranked higher, but here's where I'm going to have a problem. I. They were either six and six or seven and five, and I'm not sure, but they just lost a bowl game. Baylor, 
Baylor, number 10 preseason. They went 6-6 six and six in the regular season. And then the one that I'm just not sure if they were ranked or not. I know we had them ranked. Um, Arkansas. Yes. There we go. Arkansas, preseason number 19. They went 6-6 six and six as well. Hey, that's the a good segue for, your, for our listeners is in about a week, Bill and I and, and, and a couple others at Sporting News will cobble together a way too early top 25 with those teams that you just mentioned. Like, we'll have plenty that won't be ranked at the end of the season on it. It's, it's an impossible job to do, but we love getting people talking. Yeah, that was uh, – so, yeah, and the other end of it, of course, was the five unranked teams ended up in New Year's Six Bowls. And those five teams were uh, – let's see. It was uh, TCU and Kansas, Kansas State Tulane. were both unranked. Tulane was unranked. Penn State was unranked. Oh, uh, yeah. Just barely. Tennessee. And Tennessee was unranked just barely. So – yeah, I remember so. having Tennessee in the way too early last year. I had them 26, and I was like, we had them first team that, out. I think that might have been where they landed in, in August in, in the right. AP. It was 26. So, anyway. All right, well, put on your bowl watching shoes. We're going to really get into it now. For, for Like we said, four today. One is about to kick off momentarily as we tape this. So, um, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we will... Be back on Thursday. We're going to record Thursday after I go to uh, Peach Bowl Media Day and uh, talk to some Oklahoma, I mean, sorry, Oklahoma, some Ohio State folks, some Georgia folks, and uh, just kind of give the vibe down there. We'll we'll get more into the semifinals on Thursday as they approach uh, for New Year's Eve, and then uh, of course next week we'll be back to talk the national yeah. championship game. Absolutely. So. Thanks so much for having us and. Uh, Enjoy the bowl games. Thanks again. Yeah, this was a good one. This was a fun show. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.